0: Welcome to the Joe Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Don Gonzalez. Joe Catholic is a lay apostolate formed in the fall of 2004 and then revamped to its current structure in the spring of 2009. According to the Second Vatican Council, the function of the apostolate is to influence the temporal order and cultural milieu into conformity with Christian ideals. It's in that light that our mission is to help equip everyday ordinary people with the tools to evangelize and answer the universal call to holiness. We hope that this podcast helps do that and encourages you to pursue a deeper understanding of our rich Catholic faith. Welcome back to the Joe Catholic Podcast. I'm your host, Don Gonzalez, and tonight we're doing another segment of the throwback to My Mystagogi. We're once again at the Theological Armory, also known as Mark Connolly's House. I'm joined by Mark Connolly and my son, Kevin Gonzalez. And uh, as we used to do on My Stogie Mistagogy, we talk very quickly about what we're smoking and what we're drinking. And then we're going to talk tonight about the rosary. It is October, which the church recognizes universally as the month of the rosary. So Mark, what are you smoking now?
1: I'm smoking an Arturo... Fuente 858 that has a Claro or Candela wrapper, which is a green wrapper.
0: Does it taste like grass?
1: It actually does a little bit taste like grass. It's got a fresh, light flavor to it. And how do you know what grass tastes like? I think it's Bermuda. Didn't you ever, as a kid, pick up a little piece of weed or whatever and put it in your mouth and chomp on it? I did
0: more than that. When I was in the first grade, I got challenged to... Take a, a good amount of St. Augustine grass and eat it. Yeah? He did.
1: Well, as you may know, I have my own secret society, the Hermetic Order of the Ruminantia. I am Frater Bovius. We have one other member, Frater Calculus. That would be Steve Hall, my imaginary friend. And uh, we follow the four-chambered path to enlightenment and we must ruminate frequently and so obviously I have to eat grass
0: fair enough what are you pairing with your cigar tonight sir I
1: can't remember if this is Dewar's White Label or Famous Grouse I think it's Famous Grouse Grouse or as I like to call it Infamous Goose
0: alright anything special about that drink flavor profiles no (laughs) just your your basic good scotch go with a good cigar
1: it's you know it's scotch snobs would probably not refer to it as a good scotch i don't care it's a mild scotch it's not overly peaty it has a little bit of peat to it and that blends with the smoke of the cigar so scotch goes well with cigars as we've discussed in previous podcasts and so I typically prefer a scotch to almost any other drink except
2: maybe port.
0: All right Kevin what are you smoking or is it
2: out now? It's out, I haven't relit it yet. It was a Jacobs. That's all I know about it. A little shorty. Yeah so that cigar
1: Rosie picked up in Lancaster Pennsylvania and uh, there's a sort of ongoing joke about Rosie knows everybody everywhere and she went into uh, she was looking for a hookah bar after she got off work and she found one on Google where she says hookah bar near me and it took her to a cigar store where they also had hookahs and the guy there has some of his own brand it's Jacob's Cigar Lounge or whatever in Lancaster and so she got in a conversation with him and there was a pilot from American Airlines in there. I think he was a captain. And the three of them were the only ones in there, and they just got in a long conversation. And it turns out that it either the captain or the owner of the place knows somebody that lives in Ennis, Texas, and sure enough, knows somebody that was part of Rosie's family in her previous marriage. And so she always finds these connections to people. And so in the conversation... She actually got me on the phone on Facebook live and walked me through the humidor and I picked out a couple of cigars and then the guy threw in some extra ones and that's one of them. And he was saying, yeah, have him review this on his podcast. So if you would care to comment on it, that would be awesome. I think that might've been one of the free ones because she bought like
0: four and
1: he threw in three additional ones
0: it's got a really nice band on it very artistic looking from a distance kevin do you remember anything about what it tasted like while you were smoking
2: honest to god no i enjoyed it (laughs) and it burned quickly
0: all right did it burn quickly because the cigar is burning quickly or because you were smoking it quickly both all right you smoke like i do all right, and you're pairing that with what looks like maybe coffee?
2: That's yeah, a cup of Joe.
0: What type of coffee is he drinking today?
2: The Mark Special. That would be Javelia. Javelia. All right. House blend.
1: House blend with a. As opposed to traditional or French roast or one of the other ones. A spoonful of sugar. A spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down.
0: You really put sugar in your coffee?
1: I, I do. Mm. Not every time. All right. I had a uh, bulletproof coffee before I started. Did you? In hopes that I would be filled with
0: intellectual insight. All into right. The fat going to my brain. Exactly. All right. Well, I'm having. Actually, as I lit it, I did realize this is a bestseller. It is not. And what I had intended to ask Stacy to get me was a work of art, which is a little bit bigger. So this is yeah. not a short story. It's a bestseller, which is also Arturo. Fuente Cigar, it's the Hemingway series, it's the kind of the second smallest one, I can't remember the ring gauges or whatever, it's a Dominican filler with a Cameroon wrapper that I love because it is naturally sweet, and leaves a nice little sweet aftertaste, and I'm pairing that with Knob Creek Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey, small batch, and this also has kind of a caramel, yeah it does caramel flavor to it and that's pairing up quite well with the cameroon wrapper so it's going to be really fun to see how that tastes at the end of the cigar
1: i have to tell you when i was in nashville last week i was talking to my niece's husband james brown wow step back kiss myself (laughs) 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 So, so uh Shannon Brown married James Brown. So she's Shannon Brown Brown and James Brown started listening to our podcast and he actually enjoyed the parts
0: of this podcast where I go, I'm detecting hints of smoke. <laughs> and he... All right. So shout out to him. Does he know about the switch over to Joe Catholic? No, he doesn't. All right. Stop to let him know. Let him know. And he can find it on iTunes now. Yes. Yeah, that's the big thing for this week. We finally, after three months of trying, finally got on iTunes. So, uh, and apparently people are listening. So, good for that. All right. So that's what we're smoking, and that's what we're drinking. If we have anything, any big reveals about the cigars or whatnot, we'll talk about those on the back end. So now to our major segment, which is going to be talking about the Rosary. So October is the month of the Holy Rosary. Some people refer to it as "Pray the Rosary Month," like any other month isn't the time to pray the rosary. And one of the things that, you know, in my work with Joe Catholic now for 14 years or however long it's been, I find that a lot of guys think that the rosary is kind of a feminine thing. Hmm. At least that's kind of their first take on it. But the reality of it is I would argue that it's a very manly prayer, and my reason for that is is that at the heart of the mysteries of the rosary, is a reflection on the life, death, and resurrection of Christ, who is the perfect man, and you can't get more manly than that. And in that respect as well, one of the things that I like to talk about when I talk about the rosary with my non-Catholic friends is that they'll think that the... In fact, there's some Catholics that think this too, that the rosary is a Marian prayer. And... There is a Marian, Marian quality to it, but at the heart of the Rosary, it's a Christocentric prayer because we're reflecting on the life of Christ when we pray the Rosary properly. We're not doing some sort of rapid fire prayer, but we're actually reflecting on the individual mysteries of the Rosary. We're reflect, yeah, reflecting, I can't say that word tonight, reflecting on the life of Christ. And in addition to that, the prayers themselves. Are very Christocentric. Our Father is the prayer that was given to us by Christ Himself. It's the perfect prayer. And we see that in the Gospels in Matthew 6, verses 9 through 13, and Luke, chapters 11, verses 2 through 4. And so, one of the things that I like to point out, like just a quick little apologetics, when you're encountering a Protestant who says, Well, you're praying to Mary, I'll ask him, you know, you're a good Protestant. You you hold the the Bible, the book, in high esteem, right? So you don't have anything against the gospel, do you? Right. And then I was like, well, you know that the major prayer at the beginning of each mystery is the Our Father, which is found in the gospel. So you can get on board with that, right? And they're like, okay, I can get on board with that, but what about that Hail Mary? I said, well, did you know that the Hail Mary prayer has its roots in the gospel? Yeah. And they'll look like at look at you like, what are you talking about? And then I'll point them to the first part of the prayer being taken from the first chapter in Luke, primarily verses twenty eight and forty two. And then I'll also say that like right smack in the middle of the prayer is the name of Jesus.
1: Yeah, that's the hinge.
0: Yes. Real good way to put it. And then finally at the very end, we make a petition to Mary to pray for us especially at the time of our death. And then I'll point out to them, I said, look, you're my Christian brother. You've asked me to pray for you. When we ask Mary to pray for us, it's no different. And so the quick little apologetics there. And before what I I want to spend most of our time talking about is kind of our personal reflections on maybe an individual take on a mystery or what our favorite mysteries are or any personal story. Before we do that, I want to say that John Paul II wrote an encyclical on the rosary when he he had a whole year of the rosary and I want to say it was in the year 2000 I could be wrong about that but he said that while the rosary is married in character he also said quote it is at the heart a christocentric prayer so at the end of the day that you know it's not me asserting it's christocentric that's saint pope John Paul II and furthermore, Pope Paul VI. I guess is he Saint Paul the Sixth now? He? I think he is.
1: I confess ignorance to that. I don't know.
0: Well, for sure he's blessed, but I'm pretty. I think he was recently made Saint Paul the Sixth. We'll have to look that up. He called the Rosary a compendium of the Gospel because the mysteries of the Rosary are the essential events of the work of our redemption. And so there we go. That's where we find the Rosary, and the name of that uh, apostolic letter is. Rosarium Virginis Maria. Maria. So, I guess, Virgin Mary of the Rosary? Yeah, Rosary of the Virgin Mary. Yeah, all right. And so that's the, the, I misspoke, but I called it an encyclical, the apostolic letter that was written by, by John Paul about the Rosary. And we can talk about this a little bit further, but it was during that time also that John Paul II introduced The Luminous Mysteries as an additional five mysteries to the rosary. And that was not without controversy.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, I know that my mother, when she first, and my mother loved John Paul II. But my mother does not like change. And she acted like he was changing one of the passages in the Bible or something. I was like, Mom, this is a discipline. It's not dogma. If you don't want to pray the Luminous Mysteries, you don't have to. But I think the Luminous Mysteries have actually enriched the reflection because I think in some ways it kind of completes the cycle of the resurrection.
1: Yeah. The original 15 mysteries, if you will, were the joyful, sorrowful, and glorious, and they had the birth and the death and the resurrection, but didn't address any of What happened in between and it's it's interesting, I read a commentary by somebody who said he was surprised that it took this long to add those Luminous Mysteries because they do address his public ministry and so I think it completes them personally. I guess there's a couple of points to be made. One of them is that this is a private devotion Mm -hmm. and St. John Paul II said you can add these or not. It's, it's an optional thing. It's not like it's mandatory. And he made some suggestions as to when, what day you might fit that in. And so under the old one with the 15 mysteries you would say the glorious mysteries on Saturday and Sunday actually were said three times Wednesday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so he suggested moving the Joyful Mystery second joyful mystery from I forget now which day it was from Thursday to Saturday and then putting the luminous mysteries in Thursday right so and they've become it's a toss-up to me which which set of mysteries are quote my favorite between the luminous and the sorrowful I think the luminous tells us how we're supposed to live and sorrowful tell us how we're supposed to die (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> so. Alright, well that's definitely an interesting way to look at it. It's interesting you say that because I think if you force me to give my favorite set of mysteries, I would also say sorrowful. And for me that's because it's it for me it makes it very penitential. I have to reflect on the price that Christ paid right. for my sins and I I really dig deep into thinking about it and making it very personal, which my own variation of what people call Lectio Divina, which is where you place yourself in the in the situation that you're reflecting upon, whether it's a passage from the Bible or a theological work. And I I've made them personal over the times. Like I when I'm reading the reflection about the scourging at the at the pillar, I think about every single one of those strikes on his back that's so vividly portrayed in The Passion of the Christ that every single one of those is me committing a mortal sin and Mm -hmm. that he's paying that price for that and so just, it makes it very real for me in reflecting on that and it really grounds me in realizing the impact that my sin has and then ultimately with the nailing of the cross and the crucifixion that just Once again, Mel Gibson portrayed in the movie, he even said it. In fact, I think I read somewhere that he was the one that held the hammer right. that nailed that nail into the hand yeah. as a demonstration of him standing in place of all of us as sinful right. people, that we were the yeah. ones that nailed him to the cross. And that's consistent with what the church teaches. Yeah. That. So, And I also am... I like the Luminous Mysteries, and particularly I like the wedding of Cana, that I really like that that reflection, and it's also a gospel passage that we had read at our convalidation ceremony when we had our marriage validated.
1: I uh, have noticed something as I've been praying the rosary, and that is the s- middle mysteries of all the mysteries, to me, seem related in the joyful mysteries you have the third mystery is the nativity when Christ entered the world the luminous mysteries the third mystery is the proclamation of the kingdom which I think is related the sorrowful mysteries we have the crowning of Jesus and then in the glorious mysteries we have the descent of the Holy Spirit to continue that kingdom I, I, I haven't been able to find kind of a one-to-one correspondence with all the other mysteries that way, but to me those center mysteries of all all those sets of fives are all related. So, and, and I, I first noticed that one time when I was actually praying all the mysteries in a row, which if you've never done that, it, yeah, it's a time commitment, but if you sit down and, and you just start and you pray all 20 mysteries, the continuity really makes itself evident. And that's when I first recognized this harmony between the third mystery of all four sets. Do you do that with your special rosary? That actually broke, and Tiffany has it right now, and she's repairing it, and I hope to get it back at Christmas. Now, does that have 15? It has 15. She made 15 because she was trying to give me, essentially, a Dominican full rosary, and those are all still... You know 15 decades
0: not 20. So for those of you that may be listening for the first time what is your official relationship with the Dominican order now? I am a lay
1: Dominican and so the for people who don't know different some of the orders have uh, the ability they used to call it third order and uh, one of the definitions I heard is the priests would be the first order the nuns were the second order and then laity would be a third order. And so these these are, and and each order has their own different requirements. But for the Dominicans, there was a year of inquiry and then a year of uh, candidacy, basically. And then if you feel ready and that you're called to live the Dominican spirituality, then you can make three-year temporary promises. And at the end of that three years, if you still feel like that's what you want to do, then you make permanent promises and part of the reason that they take so long to make this decision is because one of the things you're doing is committing to working out your salvation through Dominican spirituality and so if that's what you're gonna do you need to really understand what it is you're doing so that's my relationship So
0: you've gone through all that process
1: I'm in the second year of my temporary promises but once you enter those promises, you're actually allowed to add OP to the end of your name. And different provinces have different rules. Some provinces use the, the acronym OPL, so Order of Preachers Lay. But in the southern province, we just do OP. But if you're going to use OP, you have to put Mr. or Ms. or Mrs. or something at the front of your name so that people don't think you're a priest. So, if I were to just put Mark Connolly OP, somebody might think that I'm actually a priest, which I am not. And so, if I'm going to use OP in my signature, I have to put Mark in, or Mr. in front of it. So, Mr. Mark Connolly OP. Do you do that? Yeah. If I if I do sign my name that way, I do, yeah. So. How
0: about in the professional world? I don't. So, you're not really proud of being a Dominican? <laughs> I'm playing. So I have to bring it up. It's a long-standing debate as to whether or not the Dominicans introduced the rosary or the Franciscans introduced the rosary. And I think, if I remember correctly, Francis and Dominic were contemporaries. That's right.
1: In fact, there's an interesting story because even though the Dominicans are known as the Black Friars, they're known for that because of a black kappa or cape that they wore over their habit. But that was when they were traveling. If they're just hanging out in their house or whatever, they wore a solid white habit. And the Franciscans were in black. And supposedly, and this is just a pious story, but supposedly Dominic and Francis met each other and they because they had both taken vows of poverty, they didn't have anything to exchange. So Francis gave the Dominican gave gave Dominic his black belt, and Dominic gave Francis his white cord or rope that he wore around his waist.
0: And so that's the way... It yeah, so out.
1: Dominicans have a white habit with a black belt, and Franciscans have a black habit with a white rope.
0: I thought it was because y'all were like kung fu warriors. No. <laughs> now, as... How do you, I know they don't use the third order thing anymore. They just say, I'm just a lay Dominican, just a lay Dominican. But one of the things that you have is that when you die, yeah, you can be buried in the habit, right? Yeah. So if I take my permanent promises,
1: then I can actually obtain the Dominican habit. And if I so choose, I can be buried in it.
0: Okay. So you still haven't answered my question. Did the Dominicans introduce the rosary?
1: Well, so I hate to shatter everybody's bubble, but the rosary predates all of that, so.
0: That has its roots in the, the recitation of, or the citation of the Psalms, right? Yes,
1: yeah, so that's where the 15 decades came from. There's 150 Psalms. It originally was for those who could not recite and recall. If you can imagine this, people used to recite all 150 Psalms. From memory which is kind of an amazing feat but for us regular folk that couldn't do that they used to do 150 our fathers okay and then that changed over time into the prayer that we have now where you'd have an our father and then ten Hail Marys and that was from what I understand and I haven't studied it extensively but from what I understand that actually was in place at some level before Dominic basically took a hold of it and, and really pushed it. And actually, one of the follow-up heads of the order, I think his name was Alan Roche, is, is the person who actually really helped promulgate the rosary. And I actually prayed the rosary in the Dominican format, which is a little different from what most people are familiar with, because most people begin their rosary with the Apostles' Creed. And the Dominicans start with what is really known as the the office of Mary in the breviary. And so it starts with the first half of the Hail Mary. So it starts with Hail Mary, full of grace, Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. The next bead is Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will declare your praise. And then it's God come. Now, I've completely lost my mind. That's okay. It's I'll like... come to help me, Lord, make haste to help me, God. It's, it's, I forget it now.
0: Yeah, if you're not reciting it in its totality, yeah. it's hard to remember sometimes.
1: And then the Glory Be. And it's a, it's a different version of the Glory Be. It's actually a more faithful translation
0: of the Latin. Is it the same one that's used when you do the... Ours of the liturgy?
1: Yes. So it's just glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. They don't have the world without end and glory be to the Father or anything like that. It's just glory to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. And then the rest of the rosary is the
0: same. All right. So let's talk a little bit about uh, personal connections. I know that you have... Uh, come to my assistance, Lord, make haste to help me. Okay. (laughs) All right. You get to keep your Dominican scapula. Yes. So I'd like to transition now and talk a little bit about any sort of personal stories related to the rosary. And Kevin, you can certainly feel free to pipe in at any time unless you want to continue to be a spectator, which is okay. But Mark, I know you have what I think is a pretty interesting story to tell about the rosary as it relates to some recent events in your life.
1: Yeah, actually I'd like to go back to when my mother was my mother actually died in this room from lung cancer and uh, so the first story that I have about the rosary about that is Rosie and I my wife Rosie and I and my sister Doreen were all in this room praying the rosary at probably 1 o'clock in the morning and my mom had been basically out For at least two days she was in the final phases but as we were praying the rosary we noticed her lips were moving so even in her state that she was in she was joining us when we finished my wife went outside to have a cigarette actually and she came running back in she had mark mark come out here and I went back out there and this was in March okay so it was early spring but nothing was blooming yet and there was the distinct smell of flowers out there. And I have the same sense of smell as I have taste for my cigars, so I can't tell you if it was roses or something else. Rosie said it smelled like roses. Never smelled it before, never smelled it since, but it was after we had prayed that rosary that night. And in fact, the next morning is when she passed away. So so that was an interesting event. The other thing was, is that I was actually, just a little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with a very aggressive form of prostate cancer. It was, I don't know how else to put it, prostate cancer is normally something that is not aggressive. It's normally something that, you know, they say people die with prostate cancer, they don't die of prostate cancer. But mine was very aggressive, the the biopsies that they took were all Gleason 10. And what that means is they rate the cancer level of a cell on a scale of one to five, with one being the cell is still pretty much whatever cell it's supposed to be, in my case a prostate cell, and five being meaning it's very differentiated from what a prostate cell is supposed to be like. And when they take the biopsies, they look at the cell samples from two places and then they add the scores, and all of mine are Gleason 10, which is highly aggressive. It had also left the prostate, was in the seminal vesicle, and at, at that time, and later confirmed, it appeared that it had gone into the lymph nodes around that area. So when we were talking to people, they were just talking about like adding five years to my life, maybe 10. So as, as you can imagine, this was rather shocking, but it was harder on Rosie than it was on me. Pretty much rocked her world, and she turned to Mary, and there's a whole long story about this that we probably don't have time to go into, but to make a long story short, she found out that there was a apparition in Argentina, Our Lady of the Rosary of San Nicolás, and there's a lot of convergence of experience that happened there including her finding out that she has a relative that lives in argentina that is actually the doctor to the priest that this lady went to when she had this apparition of mary and uh so so we we developed a devotion to our lady the rosary of santa claus and since then we've prayed two rosaries a day one in the morning one at night one in the morning is uh, for our intentions, or actually for the intention of the Rosary, the Lady of the Rosary of San Nicolas, And the one in the evening has been for me primarily, and then also anybody else that we might know that is suffering from any kind of cancer, or as different people have different prayer request needs, we'll add those into our uh, evening rosary. I had surgery. The surgery went extremely well. The doctor had never said that he felt like he could get all of it. But when he came out of the surgery, you know, I was incoherent, but when he was talking to Rosie, he said, yeah, you know, I may have got it all. turns out that wasn't the case. They do something with the prostate. They dip it in Ebola dye and, and it'll show areas where the cancer is on the surface. What that means is they sliced through. And so there's no doubt that some cancer cells were left behind. But all my bone, I've had two bone scans, they're negative. I've had four subsequent PSA exams where the PSA is undetectable. I've gone through eight weeks of radiation, which ended in June. So far, there's no indication of any cancer. We're going to do a follow-up with the chemo, probably, as just an insurance. But the prognosis went from, you know, we're going to try to add some years to your life, to we think we can eradicate all of it and we attribute this to the intercession of Mary so
0: then you keep praying oh yeah oh
1: yeah yeah I pray every day so like I said every now and then I'll go through all the decades and, and like I said earlier, if you've never done that, set aside some time and do that. I think you'll be blessed by that. You'll find... I think, I think it'll it'll have an impact on you that you might not suspect.
0: All right. Well, thanks for sharing that again. What we'll do is we'll link... We When we were doing My Stogie Mistagogy as an independent podcast, we actually did a full episode on that story where... Yeah. Rosie joined us and told the longer story about that and yeah. we'll link to that because it's still archived and we'll link to that in the show notes so that yeah. you can listen to it if you'd like to. Kevin, do you have anything to add?
2: <clears throat> the Hail Mary was the first prayer I taught Gabriella. Okay. And how how old is she now? Uh, three now. She's a, nice. She can recite it on her own. In fact, there's some nights where she's... There was a weird... The, the other... Uh, about a week ago, maybe, she's lying in bed and, you know, unfortunately, when it comes to bedtime, I gotta be a little aggressive more so than I'd like to be with her. A little bit more stern because she likes to play games, meaning that, you know, oh, I'm cold or I need chapstick or, oh, I gotta go potty or... Oh, I want to read a book, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I have to tell her, no. You know, it's bedtime. You're going to go to sleep. You know, I always tell you, you got to relax. No talking. Just relax and try to go to what I call dreamland. One night she caught me off guard. She's just laying there and she just, she goes, Dada, I want to pray Hail Mary. I'm like, what the heck am I supposed to say? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I imagine that I got a higher, I got a higher authority to answer to if I get a no on that one. So I said, okay, well you start us off. And then she got a little gun shy. So I kind of had to leave, but she jumped right in and then boom, she went to sleep. Cool. But I've actually got that. I've got audio of her saying a Hail Mary completely on her own. Wow. So that's pretty cool. She likes to identify Mary when we go to churches. Yeah, right. Um, She'll identify Jesus. And so now I'm teaching her, um, I'm a a catechist for her Sunday school. I'm educating 18 or so (laughs) three-year-olds. But they got introduced to saints, and so now we're talking about saints and slowly getting into intercessions and stuff like that. That's probably the coolest thing that I have with along the lines of the rosary she sees the rosary she sees the uh, my rosaries now she'll ask about them when she sees them yeah and says what is that and I'll just explain it to her so it um,
0: sounds like she's getting real close to being ready for her own big rosary
2: I've got one for her that I think she'll love I was given a pink one at some point
0: I want to get her the one that's got the bigger beads that are e- easier for them to handle when they're little kids if you'll let me if you don't jump the gun on me and your mother doesn't jump the gun like she did with the veil
2: so she'll maybe eventually wear the veil
0: well as she sees more I mean the cool thing about St. Jude is there's a lot of women that wear the veil including your mom so maybe that'll happen I wonder if they
1: make a teething rosary
0: they could yeah you know That's the cool thing about the rosaries. There are all sorts of different variations. When I did a talk on this at Joe Catholic three years ago, there's a YouTube video about that. I'll link that in the show notes as well. I actually displayed like 10 or 15 different rosaries, including one that's made out of fava beans that was given to me by my godfather because he knows I have a great devotion to St. Joseph. And there's a story about St. Joseph and his feast day in Italy, and that's why we do the big... Italian feast on his feast day in in March. Yeah, so and it's got a relationship with the Fava beans. That's one of the coolest rosaries I own. Yeah, that's neat. So my story is a little different, and that is that one of the guys from Joe Catholic, who's actually in discernment now to be a deacon, shared that uh, I may be getting this story wrong, but I can't remember if it's him or if it was his father who recorded the mysteries of the rosary in his own voice to leave to his children. Oh, wow. And so it gave me the idea that one of the things that I want to do along with Stacy is record our own version of the rosary while reflecting on the various mysteries to leave for our grandchildren so that when they're grown and we're gone, they'll still have our voice as a guide to pray the rosary because one of the things I do is I pray the rosary in the car. I used to do it in the morning, but traffic has gotten so bad that I have to spend my time listening to the reports of traffic. But in the after most days, not today obviously, but even though I did, I was able to squeeze in the rosary today. I prayed in the afternoon when I'm not worried about the traffic if I get stuck in traffic, so be it. But I typically pray the rosary on my commute. And that's the one thing I'll say is that if you've got 15 or so minutes of a commute, you have time to pray the rosary.
1: Yeah.
0: Or if you're one that takes a morning walk or you take a run, you have time to pray the rosary. And as I've said before at the Joe Catholic meetings, you don't have to have a rosary to do so. Most of us still have our ten fingers. You can right. pray the rosary on your fingers and uh, do it that way. You don't always have to have the beads with you. That's true. Anybody have any final comments about the rosary?
1: There is something called the Confraternity of the Rosary, which is a Dominican confraternity. If you're interested in growing a devotion to the rosary, I would suggest that you do a search on confraternity of the rosary. You will find a wealth of information there. There's some history of the rosary. There's some discussion about what the... 15 promises are, and what the benefits are. And I wanted to read the benefits, if I could.
0: Absolutely, go for it.
1: So as a member, you are the beneficiary of the prayers of all the members of the Confraternity of the Rosary, even after death. You will receive the fruits of the prayers, masses, and apostolic ministries of the Order of Preachers. Moreover, various plenary and partial indulgences are made available to you, on the one hand you receive a plenary indulgence under the usual conditions on the day of your enrollment as indicated in the register and certificate on the feast days of christmas easter the annunciation the assumption our lady of the rosary the immaculate conception and our lord's presentation in the temple on the other hand you also receive a plenary indulgence under the usual conditions by praying the rosary in a church or oratory in a family Religious community or in a pious association of the faithful. If not, the indulgence is only partial. So, Rosie and I both are members of the Rosary confraternity, so when we pray together under the usual conditions, we, we receive a plenary indulgence. Concerning indulgences, an indulgence is the remission of the temporal punishment due for sin whose guilt has already been forgiven. And you can learn more about indulgences there. But I think those are some pretty pretty cool benefits of being a member of the Rosary Confraternity. Again, if you're interested, I'd say just Google it. There's no money involved or anything like that. You basically just contact them through the website and say you want to join and you'll get a little certificate, it shows your date
0: of enrollment. I think it's pretty cool. I think they're the also the organization that If you're requested, you can get rosary prayer guides at a very low price from them to share with people. Like if you have a conference or something like that, we've I've ordered those uh, rosary guides before in the in the past for men when we're having a men's conference. Yep. So one of the things that I've shared with the guys at Joe Catholic for many years is that since I came back to, to the church and I am a revert, like many men. I didn't leave I didn't intentionally leave the church. I just stopped going to church when I was in college and I came back as an adult. And since then I've been looking for a shortcut. And I've discovered there real there are no shortcuts to holiness, but there are some tried and true practices. And there have been countless popes and saints that have cited the rosary as a very powerful spiritual weapon. In fact, Padre Pio, whose feast day we celebrated not too long ago, used to call out to the young friars and said, Bring me my weapon. Yeah. And he was talking about bringing his rosary. So, you know, there are a number of saints that have had two practices that are consistent in their lives, and that's a daily recitation of the rosary as well as a frequent use of the sacraments. And uh, St. John Paul II said in that apostolic letter that I mentioned earlier that the rosary is a prayer loved by countless saints and encouraged by the magisterium. You can actually find references to the rosary in the catechism. So it is definitely something that you should want to incorporate in your daily prayer life. In fact, if you don't have a daily prayer life, it's it's, it's where you can start. And if nothing else, great efficacy can be found in praying it as a family. I'm reminded of now venerable Father Peyton, who used to say, we have all heard this before, and it's associated with his apostolate, the family that prays together stays Mm -hmm. together. And so what better way to do that than whether you have children that you can pray the rosary with and teach them how to pray. Maybe one of the mysteries as you're praying it as a family Or you're older, like you and I are, and we're empty nesters now, as you and and Rosie do, pray the rosary together. So if you don't have the rosary as part of your daily prayer life, we highly encourage you to do so. So with that, I think it's a good time for us to, to stop and just say, look, if you're not praying the rosary now, the month of October is a good time to get started. Really take some time to reflect on the mysteries of the rosary, that that will be more fruitful. There are a number of different booklets that you can find. One I like in particular wouldn't be a conversation with me if I didn't mention Saint Jose Maria. Saint Jose Maria wrote some reflections on the rosary and he does a wonderful job of including his his own Lectio Divina in those uh, reflections where he places himself in the presence like his reflection on the Annunciation he talks about hiding somewhere and seeing Mary being presented by Saint Gabriel at the Annunciation so I think that's a pretty cool thing to do especially if you're praying the rosary before the Blessed Sacrament you can really spend some time reflecting on those mysteries and slowing it down obviously if you in the car, you can't do that. But from time to time, it would be a good thing to incorporate as well. So thanks for joining us. We hope you have a great October of praying the rosary and learning more about the life of Christ and growing closer to Him as you pray the rosary. Thanks for joining us. Good night. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you liked what you heard, please like us on your preferred podcast listening platform. Also, please consider financially supporting our podcast by making a monthly contribution of $0.99, $4.99, or $9.99. You can do so by clicking the purple button at anchor.fm slash joecatholic. If you would like to see show notes or learn more about the Joe Catholic Apostolate, please go to our website, thejoecatholic.org. Thanks again for listening to the Joe Catholic Podcast.